listening to First Church Charlotte. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan. It is an honor to spend a few moments with you studying the word of the Lord together. We are continuing our study of how God builds a people, how he kept his covenant to the house of Israel, how the prophet Ezekiel told us uh, thousands of years before it actually happened that God would raise a flag as a testimony to his covenant with his people above the nations. We have been studying how the flag of Israel fulfills that promise just as Ezekiel said the Lord would raise it above the nations, so that flag was raised above the United Nations of the world as a testimony that God keeps his covenant. We all of us have been given the promises of God, and we all of us must hold those promises dear. We must not just keep them in our heart. We must teach them to our children. At First Church, we are committed, <clears throat> deeply committed to teaching our children every week. We provide you notes for you to teach your children in your home. Uh, you cannot rely on First Kids, uh, traditional Sunday school uh, to teach your children the word. Why do I say that? Because we only have your children for 50 or 60 minutes a week and they need to have a good time during that time. They need to enjoy going to church. They need to have a lot of fun, which doesn't leave a lot of time for us to embed the word of God in them. That's your job. It is part of God's covenant with Abraham. He said to Abraham, I chose you because I knew you would teach your children. We need to fulfill that in our lives. Parents, get the notes off the website, firstchurchclt.com. Teach your children these notes. It is important and we are committed. We are committed to doing it. Today we're talking about that foundational uh, statement of God's nature that is at the very heart of Judaism and Christianity known as the Shema. This is a reference to Deuteronomy 6 and 4. I will read it for you in uh, the Living, Living Bible Translation. Oh, Israel, listen. Jehovah is our God, Jehovah alone. You must love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You must think constantly about these commandments I am giving you today. You must teach them to your children and talk about them when you are at home or out for a walk at bedtime and the first thing in the morning. Tie them on your finger, wear them on your forehead, write them on the doorposts of your house. This Shema that we celebrate is the statement of the name and nature of God. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Um, this statement of God is referring to the the ineffable name of God. Why do I say ineffable? That's kind of a strange word. Basically, unspeakable or unpronounceable is what that means. Uh, the house of Israel were, were so reverent of the name of the Lord that they would not speak it lest they use it in vain or they use it in folly. Uh, this, of course, refers uh, to the moment when uh, Moses uh, is being sent to Egypt to lead God's people to, to freedom. And he is afraid that they won't believe him. 
And so he asks, Lord, what shall I, what shall I say your name is? Um, and how will they know? I, I, I can't just show up. He's kind of having a panic attack. <laughs> and so Exodus 3, verse number 13, Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to him, to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses that thou, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. That name, which is written down in the ancient scripture as YHWH, uh, is a, a spelling without vowels in it. So without vowels, it makes it almost essentially impossible to pronounce. Now, this um, was not accidental because they did not want it used casually. They wanted it to be deeply, deeply reverenced. And so they called it this, this unspeakable name of God, they, this ineffable name of God. And they used four consonants, Y-H-W-H, to signify this name of God, which should not be, should not be uh, spoken. And this is called a tetragrammaton. This four letters called a tetra tetragrammaton. Let me read from the book, The Holy Kabbalah. The tetra tetragrammaton, the so-called ineffable or unpronounceable name, is the name of four letters, Y-H-W-H. Now, in modern times, in English, we say Yahweh. We add an A vowel and an E vowel. Uh, so it can be spoken. Uh, this is exactly not how they would have intended it to be. Uh, they would have meant it to be a name that was not to be spoken. And so this, this symboling by, of consonants, this, this Y-H-W-H, and it, it actually can be uh, spelled differently. It can be spelled J-H-V-H or um, Y-H-V-H. It all depends on what letter you use to signify the Hebrew, the Hebrew consonants, which are Yod, He, uh, Va, and He. Uh, these are, you can use different English letters to signify those, but those are the four Hebrew consonants that are being used to reference the God whose name is unpronounceable. Um, this is uh, very much very much embedded in the deep, deep reverence that the house of Israel had toward uh, God. And so rather than call him by Yahweh or YHWH, um, they, they referred to him as Andani or Lord. Uh, and this was so they would not in any way uh, dishonor dishonor his name. Uh, as Christians, we we do not think that the name of the Lord is something that should be reverenced by hiding. We think the name of the Lord should be reverenced by worship. Uh, this in many ways is the gift that King David gave to the church in his heart of worship, where we exalt the name of the Lord. We don't hide it. Uh, we don't disguise it. Uh, we don't 
surround it by a bodyguard of symbols. We speak the name of Jesus. And in fact, in the New Testament, we go beyond speaking the name of Jesus and we try to live this truth. Whatever we do in word or deed, we do all of it in the name of Jesus. Do you get that? Now, Old Testament, they would have isolated the name of God. They would have honored it by its uh, hiddenness. But in the New Testament, this name is to be exalted. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see the same reality that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, the, the Shema is this great statement of the oneness of God. Uh, and more, the fact that there's no gods beside him. It's this, it's this great uh, re-reminding of oneself that I owe everything to God. There's none like unto him. He's not a smorgasbord of deities, a board of deities. There's just one God who is above all and in all and, and, and uh, through all and in you all. Um, and this Shema is the, the fundamental, uh, shall we say, cornerstone of the nature of God as revealed to the house of Israel. Now, I want to show you something, how this relates to the flag of Israel. The flag of Israel, as you know, was designed to look like a prayer shawl. And that blue and white stripes looks like a the prayer shawl that a devout Hebrew believer would use. Further, placed in the center of this flag is not the uh, menorah, which is the most famous symbol of the Jewish faith, but rather the shield of David, the six-pointed star that has a unique <clears throat> a unique element at play in the life of Israel. It wasn't just the symbol of David, although it was a symbol of David. It became that which represented the names of God, even the ineffable name. There is a tradition that uh, there were carved on David's shield, the, the 72 names of God, and that when he went to into battle, he bore that shield, which tradition says was in the shape of the six-pointed star. And he had engraved on that the 72 names of God. As believers, we celebrate the names of God. We study the names of God. He is our provider. <laughs> he is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Tishkenu. You, you understand all of these have important instructional, insightful elements to the nature of God. But on this shield of David is not just the 72 names or titles of God. There's also something unique in Jewish tradition, and that is in the, there's, there's a point, there's a, a vertical point upward and there is a point downward in the star. And then there's four points that represent the encompassing of the star. On those four points, you can download your notes and there is an image of the star with these letters placed upon that. In the uh, Hebrews, Hebrew writing goes from right to left, not left to right. So the, the, the top right corner would be the Y. The top left corner would be the W. The, the lower right would be the H and the lower left would be the H. That shield of David is used to represent not just the 72 names of God that tradition says David had on his shield, but the unspeakable name of God, 
which is above every name. And that shield represents in its encompassing corners, it represents the unspeakable name, unspeakable unspeak, name of God. And so the, to the devout Jew, the Magan David, the shield of David represents the one God of Israel. Yes, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, but also the holy name by which he is called. And since this holy name, this ineffable name, Y-H-W-H, appears twice in the Shema, both the Shema and uh, the uh, Shema Hamaforish, you can read about in your notes, find their clearest visible representation in the shield of David. And so this is the point. God said, I will raise up a flag above the nations as a testimony that I build a people. I commit to them. My covenant is sure. My promise is everlasting. And though the ages pass and though they're separated to all the ends of the earth, when I bring them back together again, I will fly a flag of testimony. And on that flag of Israel, lifted before a united nations, before all the nations of the world, that flag had in its symbol, in its center, the shield of David, which speaks, yes, to Jewish tradition, but also speaks to Jesus Christ. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, the son of David, born, yes, in Bethlehem, the city of David. The Lord said to David, since it's in your heart to build me a house, I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to build an everlasting kingdom. In other words, your throne will last forever. But this is the throne upon which the son of David sits. This is a testimony to the nations that above the nations, there is God and there is the ineffable name of God. There is the covenant that is kept. There is above all principalities and powers, the name of Jesus. And when you see that Magan David, that shield of David, and you understand how to the Jew, it represents the, not just the 72 names of God, but the ineffable name of God. You begin to celebrate in your heart as you think of an angel stepping before unsuspecting people and saying, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In Jesus Christ, we find complete spiritual wholeness. We find spiritual regeneration. We find spiritual hope. In Jesus, we are no longer spiritual orphans, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And this flag of Israel is not just a national symbol. It was prophesied about in Ezekiel, and it's lifted up as a standard, as a testimony that God keeps his word. What are you believing for? Has God given you a promise? He's given you 66 books of promises and you are able to stand upon the promises of God. He gave you promises and he will keep it though the years pass, though the ages come and go, he will keep it. This is what he shows in the house of Israel. And this is the testimony that he raised up as a banner above. All the circumstances, all the problems of your life, this banner flies above it. God keeps his covenant. He is with you. He's above everything going on in your life. 
There is a name that's above every single name that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. Yes, every tongue would confess. I want to be that person who bows now. I don't want to wait until I, I am overwhelmed by power. I want to do it now as an act of faith, love, and worship. Get the notes off the website. If you have children, sit with your children. Talk about these subjects. Pray for them. Ask for them to pray for you. Have a great week. We love you. God bless. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.